Today we're going to be talking about Google Ads, specifically quality score. What is it? What's it made of? How is it affected by campaign architecture? Is it still relevant? Well, quality score is, uh, is made up of three different components. We're going to go over those in a second. And those components are kind of a mid mid funnel, if you will, in terms of the actual decision making that a user does when they're in your Google Ads campaign. So when they're actually in the keywords and actually about to select it, about to click, or they've actually post click, that affects all the quality score, right? And there's been a movement to see if it's even still relevant. Um, it is still relevant because we're still doing some strategies previously on how we used to buy. That's a single keyword ad group. Is single keyword ad group SCAG still relevant? Yes, it is. A lot of people still use it. I use it. It's not terrible. Um, but now there's a, obviously STAG, which is single theme ad group. Um, and that's, I still, I use that as well. And both, I actually use kind of mixtures of both, to be honest. And it's not necessarily one or the other. Each one has a plus and minus. Um, but it's really, um, you know, what is the best for your client, right? And is your client set up enough to do that, right? To do either one or the other. Um, quality score is a factor of the previous edition, single keyword ad group. However, it's a great canary in the coal mine for STAG, which is a single theme ad group. So let's go over what a quality score is first. Then we're going to go over both um, basic uh, campaign architecture elements. And then we're going to talk about how we can improve our quality score. <clears throat> so the first is what makes up a quality score? Well, it's your expected click-through rate. And this is the likelihood that your ad will be clicked or shown. Now that's based on historical data. So you're actually being monitored on your account in terms of what keywords you're choosing and how those are performing. That's, so that's the expected CTR rate. Again, it's historical data. The next is ad relevance. And that's how closely your ad matches the intent behind the user search. How likely they're gonna click on your ad based on those keywords that are shown. So that's why it's so important that you include the keywords into your ads because it's one to one. They search for it and they like if they search for um, automotive, right? Or they search for automotive repair and automotive repair shop by near me comes up. Guess what? It's being clicked on. Same thing with the landing page experience. It's all about the relevancy to your landing page, um, to your ad. So if it's one-to-one -one again, right? Automotive repair, automotive repair shop on your landing page. Again, you're going to have a very high landing page experience. When you have a compelling expected click-through rate, obviously automotive, car repair, etc., that's your historical data on the account. Then you have a good ad relevancy, which is car repair, um, automotive shop near me, etc., all that stuff. Between your ads and your keywords, boom, that's a great one. And then your landing page says that all up and down, guess what? You have a great quality score. And it's based on components of above average, average and below average and it's over the course of the last 90 days that's how the score is factored and then the quality score um, affects your ad rank right so this is a common question that everybody has how do I get up higher on the on the ad rank etc so there's uh, absolute top or top absolute and then there's top and then there's actually bottom although now it's scrollless um, so really you're talking about top slash um, absolute top and then bottom would be like the endless scrolling but this is why your quality score has to be so compelling is this graph right here. So if we could just do a little algebra right now, 
the higher the quality score, right? So we talk about those three components, the keywords in the ads and the landing page, really. That's really what it is. Um, and then the historical data from the account, but the, or the CTR data. So the expected CTR from your compelling ad, from your, from your compelling keywords that are included within the ads, that's your ad relevancy and your expected CTR, plus the landing page will make a very compelling quality score compared to your cost per click, which is usually done through smart bidding, right? Let's be honest. Or if you're doing manual bids as well, who knows how long manual bids will be here. And then that positions your ad rank. That This is exactly why, if you ever notice, branded keywords do so well, because they have a very high quality score, right? See, especially if you have a uh, automotive repair shop that has been around for a while, right? So if it's been around, it's been in the neighborhood for whatever, five, 10 years or so, people are, are constantly probably searching for it or they're searching for those keywords with that particular um, with that particular automotive repair uh, shop or restaurant or whatever so that's why if you notice your quality score is so high because it's people are searching for your individual name right they have the great ad relevancy it has a great landing page it has your name so that's why your quality score is like a 10 plus right or 10 because from there, you're able, the cost per bid is cheap and your ad rank is number one. That's exactly why branded keywords just do so well, right? So um, it's a great uh, tool to, it, it, I love this I love this formula here, quality score cost times cost per click bid equals ad rank. It's so basic because it really drills down how quality score factors in. Now I did talk about AI, smart bidding, et cetera. That, that is all definitely factored in here and it's kind of changing the game a little. So. Um, will I think it'll affect it even more? Yes. Should I think, do I think you still need to look at quality score? Absolutely. You should be looking at quality score. Even if you're using advanced um, like STAG or you're using other types of bidding strategy that is more smart bidding, more way more broad, etc. You should definitely be looking at quality score because that factors in the, it's almost like a diagnosis of a doctor, right? So because if something goes wrong, that should be your next go-to. What's my quality score? Is it in the tank? Is my landing page weak? Is my... Are my, it's just for some reason my ad relevancy off. Do I need to add negative keywords to the smart bidding, et cetera? So that's where, you know, the single theme ad group where you can definitely make those optimizations, again, through negative keywords. That's a number one way to do it. And let's talk about landing page experience. So this is all done through, this is one of the three pillars. Um, this is done by a real person review and an automatic scoring. So that's how it's done. Um, the ad and keyword relevance make a difference, obviously, because that's what the terms that are shown, those are the terms that engage, and then go to your site, boom, you have the trifecta again. The score is really about relevant content. That's why it's so important to have the words that you're looking for that somebody is doing in search to have them on your site. It is like, like mini SEO, so to speak. Also, it's making sure that most of all, this is really important, guys, because it's not enough just to have a site. It has to look real. It has to look, can't look spammy. It can't look ghetto. It can't look like a, a blogger page or something. It has to look real, right? It has to have good, you know, even like reviews, testimonials, etc. cetera. Um, this is where a lot of people fall short. Why? Because there's a lot of products that have been flooding the market lately in regards to nutrition, in regards, in regards to gyms, in regards to, regards to exercise equipment, um, in regards to even like um, even makeup, etc., stuff like that. These um, products sometimes they look spammy. The, the site doesn't look good, right? Or, or you know, and it's kind of that's where you may get a ding on your 
quality scores through your landing page experience. Even though it has a product on the top, if it looks spammy, guess what? You're gonna get dinged. You're not gonna, so it has, make sure you actually have a quality site that navigates, that scrolls, have has you know different products. It just doesn't look <laughs> spammy or like a scam. Um, and then of course, good navigation, right? It has multiple products, et cetera. You know, and sometimes there's only one or two products, I get it. But then if it has one or two products, you should definitely be uh, filling it up for reviews, testimonials, all sorts of stuff. Um, that gives you more relevancy and more street credit, right? Um, another thing is making sure it loads quickly, information is above the fold, not hidden, and controlling your bounce rate. Um, definitely take a look at your bounce rates. Make sure they're at a decent level. They're not like, if, it, if almost everybody's bouncing out, it's probably because it looks like spam or it's a mismatch somehow. So keep that aligned. Um, you know, my, my greatest hack is like competitors, right? So I sometimes have, um, clients that want to um, target competitors. And the first thing I say is, well, your quality score will take a ding, right? So what I would say is this, invent a page that has um, competitive info. So like you see, I think we've all seen these sites where they have you versus a competitor and that could either, I'm not sure I could even name the name, but maybe like a different product, et cetera. Those do pretty good if you're doing competitors because you can can kind of lead into that, just lean into that a little bit more. Because if you're using a direct competitor, right? And they send you to your site, which is completely named something else, your quality score is going to take a ding, right? So, and really even competitive, competitive surrounds are, they're kind of looked on nowadays. But, um, you know, if you ever want to do that, if that question comes up, that's a great way. That's a great way to kind of like keep your um, quality score up if you're targeting a competitor. Uh, expected click-through rate. This is how likely your ads are to get clicked when they're shown for a keyword. Um, it actually doesn't take into account position or anything like that, um, or match rate, actually match rate, all that stuff doesn't, it's usually just considered exact one-to-one. -one. How this keyword did previously, period. Um, above average or average means you shouldn't have a problem. Below average, uh, you should definitely be changing out your text. It means there's a mismatch somewhere um, that you know somehow you're not using those keywords that you're using in your campaign now and it's just somehow dragging down your score a little. So consider changing ad text that's closely related to your top keywords that are performing well. Also for expected click-through rate, one thing that you should always be in the, and, um, that you should definitely include are uh, site links and extensions. I mean, that's just a great way to improve your overall CTR. It's good practice because what site links do is they extend out your ads so you just have more real estate, more options to choose, right? Higher the CTR, the better the score, right? Um, a lot of people don't like them sometimes, but I'm a big fan of them. I think they're, uh, they're very cool, especially in search campaigns. Um, ad relevance. Again, this is uh, how closely your, ad, your, your keywords are to your ad copy. Best practices, your keywords should always match your ads. Your ads should always match the corresponding landing page. Again, I think you guys see a theme here, right? It's all making sure it's synonymous. Um, you know, when you don't have that, that's when you have problems with your non-brand, right? Um, especially, uh, it's, it's amazing how much of the landing page, um, you know, a lot of people think it's just the keywords and the words, it's not the landing page, but the landing page has to have those key terms that you're including, right? If it's too agnostic to it, um, it, it's not going to be matched and your quality score will go down. So you have to kind of make sure those keywords are directing to a site, portion of the site where it has that. Um, some people still direct to the homepage all the time. Like, no, that's not it. If you, especially if it's non-brand and it's a little bit in an agnostic opportunity area that you don't necessarily go after usually, 
you know, you're going to have to invent or, or some kind of make some special section where they, where you discuss those particular opportunity keywords, right? Um, and then right now we're going to talk about SCAG versus STAG, right? Single keyword ad groups, single thematic, single theme ad group. And then there's something called SPAG that eventually we're going to talk to you down the road. SPAG is the uh, product ad group. Um, so what I love about that is that's for more for shopping and that's been gaining a lot of traction uh, over the last couple of years. So um, I, I've definitely been investigating that. We're not going to talk about this one just because we don't have the time. I want to kind of keep it to what um, on task. Otherwise, this video will be too long. Um, cool. So right now, let's talk about stag versus uh Skag. So single keyword ad group on the left, it deals better with, you know, smaller budgets, um, budgets where you're kind of just sniping, you're just going after keywords that you know do well. Um, this is good for a lot of uh, local stuff. Um, like I said, we have the automotive repair. Um, we have, you know, for the lot of the broader stuff, that's kind of like where you want, you're spending just a little bit heavier, a little bit more national. You're just kind of just trying to optimize. And for single key ad group, <clears throat> what makes it different what what was the biggest I would like to say issue is when you were using it right and you had to invent all these key ad groups right keyword ad groups you would have like say you have auto shop well then you have cars right and then well wait a minute do you do imports only do you do foreign do you do domestic do you do trucks do you do four by four you see what I'm saying just on those cars alone, or even a dealership or whatever, but just on that alone, you see where you're go see how many groups just appeared? Same thing goes for like transmission, right? Or same thing goes for engine repair. Well, you have oil change, you have tune-up, you have um, air conditioning repair service. You see, like just you just go through the list right there. Now, you're probably not a general, you're probably not a specialist shop. You're probably more of a general automotive repair, right? But even if like you're selling, say if you're selling um um, say, say if you sell tires too, right? And then you could just like, you go into that again. You're just like, well, is it car tires, truck tires? You see, so automatically it becomes just really, you know, heavy in terms of the volume. Then you have to make all the ads and then you have to make variants on those ads because you need at least two or three ads per ad group, right? So, um, it, it just becomes a little neurotic sometimes. However, with the, with these, uh, single theme ad group, it's more intent based, right? And you have the opportunity to really just say car repair, right? And then you have truck repair and you have four by four repair. Now, and you do have a little bit agnostic. It can even be um, car repair and then truck repair could be kind of interchanged with four by four, right? It, it just it just does do a little bit more console, um, uh, in consolidation. Um, also too, I, I kind of don't agree with this because say if you did consolidate it, you're gonna need like a, like several, you're still gonna need ads for each one of those you know segments, right? You're still gonna need an ad or uh, ads for your four x four, your truck and your car, right? Even if it's domestic and import, but, or foreign, but you're still gonna need those ads. Cause here it just says, oh, you just need one ad group. I, I don't, that's garbage. Like you still will need that no matter in um, if you're using stag or not. So, because it's the best practice, because you want, again, think about it, you want your keyword to be one-to-one, -one, right? So when you do that, say if somebody even does use the thematic ad group and they say, well, I have a Peugeot, I have a BMW, and I'm looking for tires for a BMW, right? Um, you want that ad group ready to go that has those keywords already. So it's not as agnostic as you think, it seems. You're still gonna need those specific 
ad copy still at the ready uploaded into the ad group itself. So it's not as easy as it seems, right? It's just, like I said, more intent-based. Um, it's more theme versus syntax. It's also, like I said, the use of uh, smart bidding in AI. And it is the more go-to for TROAS, um, targeted CPA, et cetera, right? Because you're, you're trying to let the algorithm drive up that ROAS, right? So um, it's, it's not as like click focused, it's more intent focused, right? Um, now, when you say something like that, it's, it's when you're using like the, you know, TROAS, et cetera, you can use TROAS for an automobile shop. Probably not. It's gonna be lead gen. It's gonna be you know side visits, etc. You know maybe like call to conversion with you know calls, etc. Um, you're not gonna necessarily do those T ROAS unless you're like I said, you're a national brand, you see, or you're buying tires or whatever. So that's when Stag really flexes. Um, so yeah, uh, let's see. Let's go down one, and then optimizations, right? So let's talk how we can optimize. So impression share and volume do matter. Try to always keep these solid when you're scaling or when you're trying to drive optimization. Um, to scale quickly, work with words that have a high, a compelling CTR. Um, 1.5 is their benchmark. I was surprised to see that. Should be definitely, I'm always a big fan of three or higher. Two, three or higher. I 1.5, I'm, I'm like kind of concerned. Um, <laughs> check your speed. Rewrite low CTR ads. You got a low CTR, rewrite it. It's that simple, folks. It's not that hard to rewrite a CTR. I mean, rewrite an ad, especially when the AI is involved and it actually provides you the keywords. Like, you should definitely be doing that. And that shouldn't be happening necessarily if you're using top performing keywords. Um, ensure that your top keywords are in your ads. Again, the low CTR, but also use dynamic keyword insertion. So, dynamic keyword insertion is that bracketed element when you're actually in the headline and use a bracket keyword and you insert that's based off your keywords that will be entered they actually come they drop in so if you're using um like say if we have our foreign and domestic uh keywords and the um and the keywords those will pop up so it'll say like new tires for keyword insertion right bmw keyword you know uh, new tires for uh peugeot etc so that's what makes it very cool. And it factors into the score of the excellence or average or whatever at the very top when it rates your keywords. Um, but you know, it's uh, sometimes it's better to hard key it, but I'm a big fan of that. Also, um, when you're doing this, when you're using dynamic keyword insertion, it's cool, but make sure you're, I cannot say this enough, make sure you're monitoring your negative keywords on top of this. And I've said this in several videos and I'll say it in this one, I've said it in my Medium articles, make sure you're pulling the backend search terms report on what's being targeted on these, um, on these broader and phrase match keywords, right? Because sometimes it does, especially on the broad stuff. So when you're targeting like automobiles, right? Or you know, car repair is very specific. I'm not, I'm not concerned too much on that, but say if you're doing automobiles, man, that can mean anything, right? So you have to make sure your negative keywords are factored in there. Right? Are you a are you an automotive um, uh, upholstery shop? Are you a tire shop? Automotive, like what? Right? So you have to really. I would actually segment out what you're not into the negative keywords because you don't want to come up in those. You don't want to waste those, that CPM on that. Um, let alone this, the cost per click. Then you want to pull the search term reports to make sure you're not coming up for any bad terms that you don't agree with. Right? So. Again, the search term reports, always check that. If you're using Skag or Stag, it doesn't matter. Make sure you're doing that. Um, let's see here. And then keyword insertion, dynamic keyword insertion. 
Matchup is, like I said, not a factor in regards to this. It's always one-to-one. -one. Always remember that. And then the positions on your um, expected CTR based on your historical learnings, it doesn't take into account your previous position. So if you're absolute top versus top versus bottom, it won't take that into account at all. So that comes to the end of this uh, discussion. <laughs> I just want to say, please check me out on Medium. Uh, it's, uh, I write a lot of articles on everything from uh, Google Ads location to this topic quality score to uh, Meta Blueprint to you name it, a lot of PPC content. I'm about, I'm actually approaching 30 articles. I believe this is the 26th, so definitely check it out. Also, this, this is actually downloaded into a podcast. I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, um, iHeart, and then YouTube. So that's very cool, as well as Podbean. That's where I originate. And then, of course, check me out on LinkedIn. If you have any questions on anything, just even anything random, please check me out on LinkedIn. I'm more than happy to answer any questions. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate this discussion. Let me know um, in the comments if there's anything else you want to see, or just reach out to me saying, I just want to watch a video on anything else, I'll be more than happy to uh, make it. So thank you for your time. I hope you have a great day.